I just uh, brought a picture of my family. Uh, I'm married to Mark uh, Varagis, uh, Pastor Mark, same thing, <laughs> and uh, great name. And he um, is, there he is, and that's uh, my sons, Zeke and Caleb. So I was born in New Zealand to a father who's Australian, grew up in the Philippines in a Chinese compound, going to an American school. My husband was born in Singapore to a Malaysian father, grew up in Australia with Indian ethnicity. Who knows what our kids are? We just say that they're loved by God. So uh, that, they are, um, they're amazing. We love them so much. And uh, we've had an incredible ride. Um, we've only been married 15 years. And just to see what God has done, we got married late in our 30s, or early 30s. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. He's written a book. If you want to find out about our story, you can read it there. But today I want to talk about um, Elijah Elijah and what he did on Mount Carmel. And if you grew up in the church, you would know this from Sunday school, the good old, you know, Elijah story. Elijah's an amazing prophet, uh, one of my favorite prophets. He's crazy. He's out of the box. I often think we would have kicked him out of the church if he lived today just by the radical things that he does. And so there's a story here that I feel like is a key for miracles, a key that can help us whatever situation we have. So from 1 Kings 18, verse 16, it says, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You've abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asher who eat at Jezebel's table. So there's a competition going on between our God and their gods. And they had, Israel had been experiencing a drought of no water for three years. Imagine your life with no water, you know, like you couldn't drink water, you can wash your hair, can take a shower, you know, can give water to your dog or your cat, like your whole life, you would have experienced loss at some point in the last three years if there was no water. So the people were desperate, uh, Ahab was desperate. And so they go up to Mount Carmel and he tells them, he tells the Baal guys to get their sacrifice ready, he tells them how to do it and he says, Wh whoever's God answers by fire, he is God. So they go, okay, and the people say something interesting. They go, okay, what you say is good, we'll do that. So they start to do that, and Elijah uh, gets the Baals to go first, the, uh, sorry, the prophets of Baal to go first. So they start, and they're going, Baal, answer us, they shouted. They're calling out to God. There was no response, no one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he's a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But 
There was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of descendants from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seers of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said. They did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. This is an incredible story of how God works the impossible. And even though there were so many of the world, so many following Baal, only needed one Elijah to call down the name of our God who brought this miracle to happen. You know, there's a couple of people in here that you might identify with. You know, King Ahab was a wicked man. He uh, married Jezebel, crazy woman, and uh, she brought in some crazy stuff into the land, and he um, was kind of living between two worlds, and because of his sin, the drought came. And he didn't even recognize that it was his fault. He was blaming Elijah for it when really it was what he had done, the decisions he had made that led the people into having to live in a consequence of, of something that really was his fault. Sometimes we have to live with consequences of other people's sin. You know, maybe when you were a child, something happened and you, you know, with the enemy had sent someone to you and it, you've, it's an experience happened and you've lived with this shame and consequence all your life because of someone else's sin. Or maybe you're married and there was an affair or betrayal and you've had to live with your spouse's betrayal, um, the consequences of their sin or business, your business partner did something. It's like something that you're dealing with and you need a miracle because of them. You know, and this is what, that, where, where we are at at the moment. But you know, God can come through for whatever has happened to you. He can bring justice. He can turn it around. He can heal whatever it is. You know, the people of Israel, they were lukewarm. They were like, eh, whatever you say is good. Yeah, okay, sure. You know, they, they brought in Yahweh worship, which was, you know, God's worship, and Baal worship, and they mixed it together to suit their needs, to make it convenient for them. So they're like, well, if Baal comes down, I'll be worshiping him. If God comes down, then I'll worship him. Hey, if the money comes through with this business, I'll be serving the business. But if the money comes through through God, yeah, then I'll give you a shot, God. It was like they're just working out, you know, and they had one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And then there was the Baal priests who were just passionately zealous and striving and doing everything they could to get their miracle, except go to the one who could give miracles. You know, like sometimes people really need money. So they invest and they work three jobs and they're doing everything they can to, to just make it by. But it just seems like they never have enough. 
instead of going to the God and putting their finances under covering. Or sometimes we get sick and we go to the doctor and the naturopath and then we go to everybody who's tried this and tried that and we're going everywhere else, striving to get a miracle from everything else. Or maybe our marriage is not going through a good time at the moment and so we are sending him the links, getting him the books, telling him he has to change, making him go to the marriage counselor instead of maybe coming together to pray for a miracle for the marriage. You know, sometimes we can tend to go everywhere else. Children, you know, you need a miracle with your children, so you're going to the psychologist, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're trying to, and, and, and keeping God out of it, and striving, and under, can't understand why there's no breakthrough, why, why it's silent. And then, of course, there was the man of God, Elijah, you know, he was an incredible man who had seen God work and he was so confident, you know, so bold in how he handled this whole thing because he knew that he had lived through testimony after testimony of how God had come through for miracles. Romans 8.31 says, so what does this all mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving up his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything he has to give. If God is for you, who can stand against you? You know, he's there for you. And if he gave up Jesus so that we can live with him, to pay the price so that we can live with him, so that we can have a victorious life. Why wouldn't he give you your miracle? Why wouldn't he answer your prayer? He's not a bad God with a whip that goes, no, I'm punishing you, you know, and, and standing back and saying, let's see how you, no, God is not like that at all. The enemy twists our, perspective, our, our, our vision of God. Oh, you're not getting your miracle because God's making you pay. No, God's not like that. We have a campus pastor and she runs our location in this island called Kuching. And, uh, sorry, KK. And uh, it's like a resort kind of island in Malaysia. And she, in January, uh, finds out she has an autoimmune disease called lupus. It just suddenly came on her, just suddenly. Like, never had any problems before. And it crippled her life. You know, she's suddenly she's tired, she's got all these problems, she's lost weight, she can't function in the church. Probably she's the pastor, her husband is a businessman, so she's the lead pastor of that, she carries that thing. And so I'm watching her deteriorate over the months. And I'm calling her, we're texting a bit. She goes, no, the doctor said I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life. The doctor said that there's no uh, source for this. I said, so it just came on. She's like, yeah, it just came on. And then she had to cover herself up with all these gloves. She looked like a alien or something with like she had to cover her whole body and everything up to her eyes um, so that no one could touch her because if they touched her and she got sick, the doctor said she could die. I was so mad. I was getting madder and madder as the months went on. So we had this retreat, a staff retreat, and we brought everybody into the city. And she said she wasn't coming because of this. I said, oh, no, you're coming. I, you, you need to come. She's like, I can't. I said, I don't care. Wrap yourself up in cotton wool. But you need to come into our retreat. We, we need to pray with you. She was like, okay. So um, we sent someone over, helped her. You know, she, 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 you know she's only 30 and she crip walked in all crippled. And, you know, no one could hug her or touch her. Like it was just 
a horrible, horrible um, situation. So we began to um, have our meetings and we said, look, we want to pray. You know, we, we feel like this is a curse. Like, you're not meant to live like this and everything. And she was like, she didn't even really believe, to be honest. She was like, okay. So she comes up to the front and a few of us begin to lay hands on her and we begin to pray. We begin to break things off her and we break any curses that were signed against her on that island and what, uh, whatever the enemy had for her. Well, suddenly she lets out this, like, you know, um, like it was like a, a scream that came out, like this, this noise came out, a noise, I'll say a noise. And it was like, literally you could feel the disease leave her. You know, she's completely healed. Like she went back to the doctors, like it is unbelievable. Like there's no, like, in fact, she went to the doctors, they go, she said, I have no symptoms. Like immediately, like gone. And she says, I have no symptoms or anything. And um, the, um, the doctor goes, but it's still in your blood. So she messaged me and said that. And I said, yeah, your body's just catching up with what's happened in your spirit. Just let's keep believing, you know? And so she kept believing and believing. And, and it, 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 um, every time she went to the doctor, it got better and better and better report. But she's not living with any of the effects of it. And not only that, she had a seafood allergy. And it left too. She's like, Bonus. He is the God of miracles. In Psalm 86, 10, it says, you are the one and only God. What miracles, what wonders, what greatness belongs to you? Who you worship determines your outcome. The Baal guys, the prophets worshiped Baal, and so it was silent. Elijah worshiped God, and he came through. You can't worship two gods. You can't be like, I'll do this and then I'll do that. You can't have one foot in the world, you know, and one foot in the church. You have got to keep your eyes on God. You can't waver between two opinions is what Elijah told them. Why are you wavering between two opinions? Oh, maybe, oh, not. God can come through. No, he can't. Oh, 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 you know, oh, and then people say things to you. And, like, oh, and then you, you start to doubt. Oh, maybe God can't heal me. Maybe I do have to live with this for the rest of my life. Oh, maybe, maybe I am going to die. And like, and we begin to waver. And God is saying, no, don't waver. I am the God of miracles. Keep your eyes on me. You must decide today to trust God with all your heart. All your heart, not half your heart all your heart, not only on Sundays or Sunday mornings, but all your heart, all your life, every day, trust in God. There was a, a girl that came to me in, in KL uh, on a Sunday and she said, my family wants to know if you would pray for my sister. I said, okay, what's wrong with your sister? And they said, well, she's been acting funny and we think she has demons in her. So they took her to the um, Buddhist temple and it didn't work. Then they took her to the Taoist guys and it didn't work. And then they took her to the Hindu temple and it didn't work. Then they went to the Bomo, which is a witch doctor in Malaysia and that didn't work. And they've even taken her to the Muslims and, and that didn't work. And it's funny cause she's getting worse every time. I'm like, yeah, okay, no wonder. They, I said, so I suggested that maybe, you know, my God could do something. I went, yeah, tell them to come in. She goes, okay, they need to know how much you're going to charge. I said, I'm sorry. She said, oh yeah, all these temples and stuff, they charge a sum. So they need to know how much money they need to gather together to see if they can afford uh, to be able for you to pray for her. And I went, we don't charge and we work. Bring her in. So she comes in, we go into the parents' room between services. We begin to pray. We begin to tell every one of those 
temple gods to get out of Renji's name. It was yelling and screaming and, and doing all sorts of things. But, you know, as we spent an hour there, one after the other, after the other, after the other kept coming out. After they all came out, we led her to the Lord. It was water baptism that Sunday. We decided, let's water baptize her. I jumped into the pool with her. We dunked her, baptized her in Jesus' name. At the end of the night, she's at the front of the altar with both hands in the air singing, how great is our God. That is the God of miracles. To get your miracle though, you got to rebuild the Lord's altar in your life. See, Elijah rebuilt the altar of the Lord in his life. You know, he got the stones from Isaac, you know, from Jacob, and he reminded God, he's the God of generations. God will keep his covenant. He keeps his covenant with families. And so Elijah was reminding him and, and getting the stones. It took effort to pick up the stones and put it in. It took time to pick up the stones and build the altar again. Some of us need to rebuild the altars in our life that we once had when we first got saved. When we prayed and we fasted and we seek God and we got up early and we evangelized to everybody because we were so excited. And then these kind of stones fall away in our lives and life happens. And then we have kids and we got to do sports on Sundays and then, you know, the school fees and then we can't, you know, and all these little things that we used to be so diligent about with our offerings and our, our time and our, so I can't serve at church, you know, I just can't, you know, because I'm just so busy. And, and so these little things that we had had, they fall away and then we need a miracle and we wonder why there's no breakthrough. There's, oh, you, we got to get back, we got to get back to praying every day. You're not going to survive this next season if you don't have a prayer life. I can tell you that now. The enemy is unleashing his weapons on the church, on his pastors. I told our pastors last week, I said, if you don't have a personal prayer life, you will die. Like, you need to not leave it up to the eagles in the room. Ah, you know, the intercessors. Like, you need to pray. You need to get up. They're not your personal PAs to pray. I'm like, you need to start forging your prayer life. Don't leave it up to your pastors. That's your responsibility to pray. We need to start rebuilding the altars in our lives. It's getting quiet in here, but I'll keep going. Surrender. We got to surrender what is most precious to us. Elijah surrendered water to the Lord. That's what they needed. It was a drought. There was no water. Where did they get the water from? It was from far, far away. They had to bring it in. That would have been expensive. That would have taken time. And not only that, he made them overdo it. He's such a show off. He could have just used one, but he's like, nah, do it again, do it again. You know, I could just see him staring at the veil guys going, do it again, as they're pouring it over. And people are going, what is he doing? We need that water. Could have used that. Wash my clothes, you know, drink, you know, wash my hair. I haven't washed my hair in three years. You know, like, what is he doing? This is precious. We need this. He's wasting it on the altar. Sometimes God requires us to surrender what we most need and the world will think we're wasting it. But God is going, no, give it to me because I have the miracle, but you've got to trust me. It's like a letting go. It's like a letting go of control. It's trusting God for your miracle. We have this uh, service called Miracle Offering where every year we come together and we give over and above for causes all over the world and there was a man in one of our services he was sitting in the fourth row and he had come that Sunday deciding not to give he was a businessman and his business was was going through a hard time and he only had a little bit of money left in his bank account 
And as he's watching people come up the front because they would give their offerings at the front and go back to their seat, he hears the Holy Spirit speak to him and say, come and bring your offering uh, to the, uh, everything in that bank account you need to give in the offering. He goes, I'm, no, I, I need that, God. I've got bills this week. That's irresponsible. I can't do that. I, I need that. And I've been asking you for a breakthrough. God, no, 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 I can't, I can't. God's like, will you trust me? Will you trust me? So finally he comes up and he gives the, everything in that business. He just gives it to the Lord. And as he's walking back to his seat, he hasn't even reached the fourth row and his phone rings. So he goes outside, there's a contractor on the line. He goes, are you so-and-so? I need a job done this week. Uh, we will pay you before the job, um, before you have to do the job. And do you know what the amount was? Five times the amount he gave in the miracle offering. The very thing that he needed was the very thing he gave up. And because of that, God blessed him with his miracle. The other thing is, that there, uh, for our miracle, we need unity in prayer. Unity in prayer. See, Elijah prayed at the exact same time as the temple were offering up sacrifices. So spiritually in the atmosphere, it's all going up together to God at the same time. There is unity, there is power in unity in prayer. When you're going through something, get people to pray with you. Don't keep it to yourself. You know, come to church, have people pray, get into a connect group, have a, a life group, get people to pray with you. You need people to come around you. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let pride stop you. We all have issues. We all have problems. We've all had teenagers. Hello. We all need help. You know, and it's like sometimes people are just too scared. No, come and get prayer. Let us stand with you. I get so sad when I hear people have had cancer or they had marriage problems. They never told us. They go through it alone. We could have stood with them. We could have prayed with them. There is power. I see power in prayer all the time. When the saints gather and agree on earth, so it is in heaven. There is a power that is unleashed when we agree on earth for a miracle. And you're worth it. You're worth it. We had this pastor and uh, he was, um, he's an Australian pastor and he was in Cambodia. We had a missions trip and uh, he'd gone to Cambodia um, to see our church there with a bunch of our students, Bible college students, and they were walking along a ramp like this to a boat and oh my gosh, like you slip. And so anyway, he's walking and he slips and there's a rusty pointed pole. And as he slips, the pole, the rusty pole just goes right through his lungs. like. So they carry him off. And one of the guys on the trip, the Bible college student, he's a doctor. He rings me. He goes, Pastor Matt um, has had an accident. I went, okay. And he goes, yeah, um, this pole's pierced his lungs. His blood is, his lungs being filled with blood. This is bad. We're in Cambodia. I don't think he's going to make it. I went, okay, all right. Um, I'll get everyone praying. I immediately messaged our staff. We have a global WhatsApp chat where everybody's on. And I said, I don't care what you're doing right now. Um, our pastor Matt is facing death and we need to pray because this is not in the plan of God. And so everybody began to pray. We had people in a wedding, our staff, they walked out of the wedding in uh, the reception and they went in the fort and they began to pray. We had staff in movie theaters. They walked out of the movie theaters, began to pray. I had mothers putting their kids to bed. They got down on their knees and they began to pray. Not only that, we sent that request to all our prayer teams around the world. Within two minutes, we had 1,000 people praying for Pastor Matt. It's no wonder that when he went to the hospital and they took the x-ray, there was a big hole there and they didn't know what to do. The princess of Cambodia somehow found out, got him transferred to the best um, hospital in Cambodia. Then they did another x-ray. There's no hole. 
He was completely healed. Like there was nothing there. It took him a while to recover, but there was nothing there. He's still alive today. There's power when you pray together. There is unity when you pray together. Lastly, you got to pray from a position of authority. Pray from a position of boldness and power. See, Elijah didn't beg and he didn't manipulate, okay? He didn't be like, you know, um, hey God, um, this is how it's going to work. No, no, no. He let God decide how to come through for the miracle. Because you know they needed rain. But rain didn't come at that moment. Fire came. But they needed rain. So he didn't say, okay, God, I'm going to do this and you're going to let it rain. No, 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 no. He, he just said, God, you are the God. I'm reminding you, answer me so everybody knows that you are God. Your miracle is not just for you. It's for everybody in your world to know that you have a God that is above all gods, that is above all, that is supernatural. So when you get a testimony, shout out about it. Let your pastors know. Put it on Instagram. Let everybody in your world know because your testimony will bring breakthrough for someone else. That's why I'm always sharing testimonies because I said, God, you did it for them. You can do it for me. You came through for them. You healed them, you can do it for me. I'll take that, God. Yep, I'll take that as well. Because there is faith building when you share your testimony. And so he had the people come near so that they could get a good view of what was happening. There is power when you speak with, a, the, with authority. You have the authority of Jesus Christ in you. And don't manipulate and say, God, you know, I need money. So can you uh, get my boss fired so that I can take his position and uh, then I can get his wage and I'll be okay. I was like, okay, thanks for that solution. <laughs> like he doesn't need our solutions at all. And when we just leave it up to him and say, God, I need this miracle. I don't know how you're going to come through. I don't know how you're going to heal me. I don't know how you're going to provide for me. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm trusting in you. Just answer me, God, just answer me. You know, we had this guy and he, um, he had a cyst behind his eye, like a lump, and he had to get uh, surgery for it. And he came up to prayer before the surgery and I prayed with him. And then he went and his connect group or life group, they prayed with him as well. And uh, we were just believing for healing. We didn't ask God to remove anything. We just said, God, would you heal? Would you heal? Anyway, he went to the eye doctor to get prepared for this surgery. And the doctor came in a little bit annoyed and said, hey, so we've done the x-rays. He's like, yeah, and he goes, yeah. It looks like there's been an incision behind your eye and the whole thing has been removed. And the guy's like, like super excited, you know? And the guy goes, you know why that is? And the guy goes, stop, I think I know why. You go to that church, Kingdom City, don't you? Uh, yes, he goes, yeah, you're the third person from that church this week that canceled their eye appointment because these things keep disappearing. There is a God of miracles. All that all of Brisbane would know that there's a house right here that when you turn up in the car park, you don't even have to be inside the auditorium that you would get your healing. Psalm 111.2 says, for God's mighty miracles astound me. His wonders are so delightfully mysterious that they leave all who seek them astonished. Miracles leave people astonished. God is God, astonished. God, give me a miracle that astonishes me. God, I have this problem I don't know how, but would you astonish me and my world and my family with what you do? Because He is the God of the impossible. And sometimes we look at things too much in the natural. We give glory too much to the natural. Well, the reality is, well, you need to face facts. I, I face truth. The truth says in my Bible 
that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The truth says in my Bible that He is the God who can heal. Amen. Would you stand in this place? I would love to pray for some of you who, who desperately need miracles and desperately need a touch from God and, and everything like that. And so um, at the end of the service, I would love to just, if you want prayer, I'll, I'll believe with you and pray for you. Whatever needs you have, whether financial or um, physical or you need God to come through, because I know that people here have come with a heavy burden maybe of something that you're carrying and that you need God to come. But before I do, I just want to pray right now. Just, just pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this house. I thank you for the blessing over this house. I thank you, Lord, that um, you have such a great, uh, so much more for this house. That this is the house of miracles. I cancel every curse that has been assigned against this house. Everything the enemy has accused this house of, we cut it, we break it now in Jesus' name. We put the blood of Jesus around this entire house, around this property, God. I pray that the glory of God will fill this house so much and it will overflow into the homes below that this suburb will be known as the healthiest suburb in all of Australia because there's a house right here that has an open door for miracles. I pray, God, would you pour your miracles down, pour your miracles down. I come against the enemy that's tried to discourage try to tired, try to, to defame miracles. I just come against that now in Jesus' name. And I say, would you unleash your miracles, God, in this house? Unleash it in this house. That no negativity, even the media will have to acknowledge that there is a God in this place who is the God of the impossible. He is a way maker, a miracle worker. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask Pastor... Jemima's not finished yet. We're going to let her loose uh, with the Holy Spirit to minister in a little while. But I was thinking as she was speaking, what a wonderful place that we live in that as believers, we can be facing something impossible, then God can turn up and it make it totally possible that we can move out of the natural into the supernatural. And I know that this is the place where God moves when you're a believer in your heart. And, and I just wonder how many people here today say, you know what, I, that's not where I live. I, I, I'm not a believer in Jesus. I'm, uh, I sort of am here, but maybe, maybe today you could make a decision that won't change something. It will change absolutely everything and say, you know what, I'm gonna believe today. Or maybe you were on fire with God for a while or a season back in the day, but life had taken you in a different direction. And here you are again in the house of God going, you know what? I want to live in that spot. I want to live where all things are possible with a God that can do miracles in my life. You see, I don't know what you've done or where you've been, but God's not angry at you. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. He's waiting for you. And that first spot of becoming a, a person to live in this world of miracles and breakthrough is believing upon Jesus. The Bible says, if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. Saved out of your past, saved into a better future, saved into eternity today. And I'm not gonna embarrass here, anybody here today, but I wanna, I wanna pray with you today. If that's you and say, you know what, I wanna believe, I wanna come back, I wanna recommit, I wanna live in that spot. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment. And if that's you in your heart, say, you know what, I wanna believe today, I wanna pray with you. Um, and if that's you right now, uh, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, just slip your hand up, give me a wave and say, you know what, Include me in this moment, in this prayer. I, I wanna believe. Thank you down the front there. That's a great decision. At the back, I can see that hand as well. Down the front, young lady, I can see your hand as well. Others here today, if that's you, give me a wave right now. Thank you down the front, sir. That's a great decision right there. Quickly as I look one more time from the front to the back, from the left to the right. It's not just me that's looking, it's God's eyes seeing right now. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what you saw. You saw hearts open up. 
And I thank You right now that heaven rejoices when even one comes back. And I know heaven's looking down at these people, God's creation and rejoicing for salvation for these ones. We bless them in the Name of Jesus, in Jesus' wonderful Name. And all that agreed said, Amen and Amen. Let's give it up and celebrate the wonderful decisions that are happening right here, right now. Kingdom decisions, eternity decisions, Jesus' mighty Name.